Hello and welcome to our podcast. We're calling it The Hunch because we believe you get the best ideas from people when they're relaxed, when they're with friends. And rather than giving you the corporate line, they give you their best guess, their gut feeling, their hunch. I'm Mark Schmid, and in each episode, I'll be talking to someone who can give us the lowdown on something that will transform their sector, our society, or even our everyday lives. Welcome to The Hunch. In this episode, we've got a very special guest, Jesse Morris, the head of marketing at ZeroTech. And when we were thinking about who we'd like to get on next, we thought about an early podcast we did with Mark Schwakey, the author of Boring to Brave. And if you've listened to that, well worth a catch up if you haven't. Mark really um, lays to rest the idea that B2B marketing needs to be dull. Still so much of it is, unfortunately, in our view, very much rinse and repeat, cut and paste. So when people do activity that really stands out for us and looks creative and effective, we're interested. And Jesse's someone we've known for a little while, and we're continually impressed by the work that he and his team push out. So we thought we'd look under the hood today and understand a little bit more, firstly about the business Jesse works for, because that's very much of the moment too, and then exploring a little bit more about how you can be constantly creative in the world of B2B marketing. So welcome, Jesse. Thank you very much, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. The pleasure is all ours and hopefully our listeners, but they'll tell us that at the end. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's kick off by just uh, hearing from you, Jesse, a bit more about ZeroTech. We know it's all about electrification. We know it's all about ultimately saving the planet. But tell us a little bit more about the business and why what you're doing is so important. Sure, Mark. For those not familiar, I suppose, ZeroTech are primarily manufacturers of battery technology. Uh, we make one of the world's safest and um, arguably the most configurable battery technologies um, in the world um, with configurability options, including pack size, energy, voltage, um, even cell chemistry. So basically, unlike our competitors, instead of making one or two battery sizes, we have built a platform that allows hundreds of sizes and thousands of different configuration options, built in a way that allows cost-effective production, even at super low volumes. So I suppose that's the why, in, uh, or that's the what, in terms of the why. Um, well, electrification is, is to us, is, is not the next step. It's the final step in the process. Electric versions of vehicles have considerable considerable benefits over their diesel counterparts. For one thing, they're far more efficient, running as high as 95% efficiency compared to diesel, which is around the 40% mark. Um, electric vehicles do not give off harmful emissions. They operate quietly. They have far less moving parts than their counterparts and require far less maintenance, resulting in benefits like less downtime. So. When you look at the market, it's not that, you know, diesel engines are going to become more efficient. They're not. Fossil fuels, you know, don't they have a finite lifespan. We can't keep digging them out of the ground, whereas batteries can become part of the solution uh, rather than uh, contribute to the problems. Yeah. And we're familiar, of course, with with EVs and the electrification of the vehicles uh, we, we drive to, to work and, and school and wherever else. You're, of course, dealing with these 
when I see some of the pictures, I think of monster trucks. You know, you're talking about these big, big, big machines. You know, I think they're classified as as off highway. Can yes. you give us some examples of the kind of vehicles you're powering? Yeah. So essentially, you're looking at uh, any vehicles or mobile machinery that are not classed as passenger vehicles. So these can be in the form of mining machinery, construction machinery like excavators and diggers. Um, even you can go off land and go marine, like tugboats and small ships, or you could look at agricultural machines. These are all, you know, mobile vehicles that serve purposes uh, other than to carry passengers on a highway. So anything that's off highway, even even trains. Okay, trains too. Right. And um, we hear a lot about constructural uh, issues for getting um, passenger vehicles electrified. Um, what are the barriers to getting industry more broadly to adopt the battery technology that you're providing? I suppose one of the biggest barriers is is probably getting industries to adopt battery technology life and the fact that it's never been done before, I suppose. Um, those that are electrifying machines, they, they've been running diesel engines for at least 100 years or more. Um, so those that are electrifying these machines, they're true pioneers. They're literally rewriting the rule books on what is possible. And and you know what, Mark, sometimes that's just a little bit scary. So not yeah. everybody is willing to jump into that one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering, actually, whether it's a help or a hindrance that there's so much talk about the passenger side of electrification, even on Dragon's Den last night, one of the yeah. uh, pitches for money was about uh, a way of uh, getting the charging cable from your house to your car if you don't have a driveway, because there's, there's a lot of debate about the, the passenger vehicle side of things. Is that general awareness of electrification helpful when you're telling the zero tech story or actually does it get in the way because they're fundamentally different challenges? Uh, honestly, uh, I think it makes a, a huge impact. The, the whole conversation around the electrification of consumer vehicles is very front and center at the minute. For, for one thing, it's it's really accelerated market acceptance at a much faster rate. With Without this conversation going on in the background, a huge amount of time and effort would need to go into dispelling myths and educating the market. But with electric vehicle adoption on the rise with consumers, it kind of it really lightens the load when it comes to educating and creating awareness and removes uh, a lot of the barriers to entry. People are just more comfortable with it. They're more familiar than they would have been, say, five, ten years ago. Okay, so it's helpful. And certainly when we when we look at your marketing, we can see that you seem to be borrowing a lot of techniques from effective uh, communication from all different sectors and genres and applying it to, in this case, powering um, heavy industry. So as I mentioned at the top, you know, we see a lot of B2B marketing as being a bit formulaic, lacking imagination sometimes. How did you set ZeroTech on a different path? Well, I suppose it, it comes from my a little bit of my own DNA. I originally, um, when I was in college, I, I, I studied graphic design and visual communication. So, so straight away, you know, I have this grounding in creativity and, and creative forms of communication. So breaking away from the traditional B2B marketing norm was definitely a fun challenge. At Zero Tech, I suppose we we focused on injecting a dose of creativity into our strategy from time to time. So instead of sticking to the typical corporate jargon, we decided to tell our story in a way that resonated with our audience. And 
brought a little bit of us into it as well. I mean, um, we're Irish, we have a great sense of humor. So revamping our content with to be more engaging and adding a touch of humor where appropriate has really helped to humanize our brand, I, I, I believe. And in terms of what the company does, it, it does things that never been done before. They're not a, afraid to take risks. So I think that needs to come out in our in our marketing and not be afraid to stick with things just because they work. You've got to not be afraid to push the, the boundaries of what's acceptable and, and really make a statement. And it's all about showing that even in the tech and B2B world, there's room for imagination and a bit mm. of flair sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we, we endorse that view. And listeners, of course, uh, they might have already gone on to the Zero Tech website to, to, to check you out. But they also might be thinking... Okay, come on, guys. Let's let's think of something tangible. So, I saw just this week, Jesse, uh, a, a film that you put out, which looked at a particular, I guess it was a perceived issue with the technology or a perceived potential risk um, yeah. that you wanted to show. You know, definitely was was not the case. And you you took a, a I thought a really interesting approach to to, to showing it. Could could you tell us a little bit about that particular example? Yes, so we we have quite a complex product, and it's got a quite a number of safety features built in as standard. So when people think about battery technology, they're they're obviously you know first and foremost concerned about safety. And for our product, because we're putting the batteries into extremely dangerous environments, like you know underground mines, for example they have to be safe and then some. So if you take what's available on the passenger market, you've got to make it even more safer than that because you're you're in a dangerous situation all the time. So what our product does is really quite complex and it's difficult to convey that, but we, we've been trying new and creative ways to, to showcase this story. And, and this video that you referred to, another one, it's uh, we, we've taken the bold approach of creating an explosion in one of our battery cells within the battery pack and filming the results. So we loaded it with sensors to get uh, really meaningful scientific data and, and meaningful um, re results. And we, we didn't know ourselves what was going to happen. So I suppose you come along the journey with us as, as we find out what happens when we explode a cell within the pack. You actually managed to, to make you know, have a high degree of suspense, you know, as the viewer, you'll actually, exactly as you put it, you're on the journey thinking, what's going to happen here? We won't, we won't spoil it. Um, I will uh, make sure that the link to this is, is in uh, uh, the comments when we when we put this out on, on LinkedIn and elsewhere so people could see for themselves. But I thought that was a, a great example. And I, I guess, you know, you're, you're part of the team there, leading the team, Jesse, but you've got to inspire the team members to be brave, push those boundaries, creativity is in your DNA. How do you ensure that you've got the right people around you to deliver con consistently uh, work which it goes beyond the norm? Oh, wow. Great question, Mark. I suppose inspiring the team to be brave and push boundaries has been about fostering a culture where taking risks and embracing challenges are celebrated. So, First thing you need to do is to remove the fear. I've been encouraging everyone to see failure not as a setback, but as a stepping stone towards innovation and growth. So by by leading by that example, sharing stories of perseverance and 
highlighting the value of exploring these ideas, we've hopefully created an environment where everybody feels uh, empowered and safe to do these things. Um, you know, you, you can't let fear uh, step in, in, in the way. And, and once the team have a safe space to, to be that creative, you, you'd be amazed at what you uh, get out of it. Uh, you're, you're really kind of empowered the team to do their best work. Hearing you talk like that, Jesse, reminds me of exactly the environment and the language used by the England cricket captain, Ben Stokes. Now, cricket probably is not the biggest uh, pastime I know in Galway. But yeah, very similar <laughs> mindset. No fear. Go for it. Try your hardest. If you fail, you'll be failing in the right way and we'll get stronger and stronger and the results will results will come. Uh, honestly, in, in my own experience, I, I've tried a lot of things in life I'm not I'm not afraid to to push but uh, I've often found that you know when I have failed I've learned far more life lessons far more uh things that stuck with me by by having those failures than you do kind of going through a mediocre level of success and going sticking with what works yeah I agree entirely and thinking about that team you've you've assembled uh, at Zeratech your kind of in-house yeah. creative team just tell us a little about the different skill sets that you've now brought together under one roof. Okay. I suppose uh, in-house, we have structured a team in a way that uh, has a, a split between creative and operational marketing functions. So on the digital creative side, we've got in-house videography, um, cinematography, post-production capabilities. Uh, on the graphic side of that, We've got advanced 3D rendering and VFX and graphic design capabilities. And on the operational side, we've got content writing, event coordination, and uh, senior marketing executive to kind of act as a bridge between our content and the customer. Mm -hmm. So a, a well-rounded team from both content production, creativity, but also the kind of execution piece as well. We mentioned uh, the film that uh, we've we've recently commented on. We, we're going to let people have a look and make up their own mind. But what content is working really well for you at the moment? Okay. Um, at the moment, um, I would have to say short and medium form video content is working exceptionally well. The, the recent addition of VFX in this process um, for us really allows us to dig deeper into the product and its inner workings. So it really enhances the visual messaging and allows us to convey quite complex concepts in a visually appealing and hopefully easy to digest way that the consumer can understand. So we definitely get the most traction out of short and medium form video content. Yeah. Yeah. And are you judging it on um, awareness driving or lead generation or a kind of mix? It's it's a broad mix. So um, obviously you want to see metrics like um, subscribers and um, uh, engagement and, and reach. Sometimes they could be a little bit fantasy metrics. So it all has to tie back to brand awareness and lead generation. Ultimately, you know, um, uh, as much as I'd love to, be out there making videos all day they really have to have a purpose and either educate inform uh through th thought leadership um create brand awareness and, and ultimately increase the business yeah 
Yeah, yeah. And you're super active on on LinkedIn. Um, is that the most effective kind of platform for you? Where else uh, do you see zero tech getting a good return for the content it creates? In terms of audience, because we're B2B, uh, LinkedIn is is the go-to place, and and I would be very active. You're right. Uh, um, I I do get really good success out of some of those uh, conversations that we we get there. Uh, I I would also say YouTube as well because you know mm. it's, it's it's YouTube is a strange one. It's kind of like a combination of social media and search engine. But when you think of it, it's it's the for many years now, it's it's the second most popular search engine after Google. So um, having that content there, so we we've we've mixed that content. So it's it's fun and it's informative, but it's it's um, well, I suppose it's fun, but it's also very informative. So as well as being able to you know capture attention, you're you're also able to answer questions. So you you have that social element, and you also have that search engine element there too yeah yeah and we really uh, admired how you've kind of built the employer brand piece particularly um your xt stories um which are oh yeah obviously focusing on uh members of the the wider zero tech team and telling their stories and we we came across uh our favorite i think was pavel with his classic cars oh, yeah. his granddad's motorbike you know the amazing sweeping countryside you have in in Galway, but also a guy who uh, you know relatively unconventional in some ways, I think. And you pulled that yeah. all together, you know. And also, and and our listeners will will put the link in too. They can see from themselves. This is not um, a budget production at all. So tell us about how XT Stories came around. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I suppose XT Stories originally came about as a way to humanize the company and put a face to the brand. Um, when we launched that, we launched it in conjunction with another series called XT Insights. So the two kind of went hand in hand, where Insights focused on looking at the product and the power of our manufacturing process and all of that side of things. Whereas XT Stories really focused on some of the amazing characters we have working with us. Um, because at the end of the day, it is the people that make the product. Um, we wanted to capture the human element, the, the, the people that make the company what it is at the end of the day. And one of the reasons we all go to work in the morning. So um, that personal marketing element is really quite powerful. Um, I'm not sure about you, but... I make buying decisions as much on recommendation and by the the people I like as uh, as well as many other factors, including the product itself. But above, above all else, I think people are more inclined to buy from someone you know rather than someone you don't. And this gave us an opportunity to show that we really, we really have some good people working here, and that really seems to resonate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We 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 all buy from people, don't we? And we all are attracted to working with people who 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 we think uh we can build you know positive relationships with so i completely endorse that we find in a lot of our employer brand work that the uh skill sets can sometimes that are highly highly desired like some of the examples you gave earlier of the skills you have in your team um they can be quite scarce occasionally 
Um, yeah. And so you need to uh, fight hard to ensure that people are attracted to a business, maybe a B2B uh, business like your own, that, although doing amazing things, you know, isn't world famous. Uh, so you need to be able to tell the story of why you're making that difference and, and, and why uh, people are going to find a happy, happy home there. It can't yeah. help either, Jesse, that you are situated in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Uh, that must be a big factor in helping you get talent. Well, uh, it definitely helps. Um, I mean, I suppose people are not just attracted to a company can offer in the traditional working sense, but I think more and more people are putting an emphasis on quality of life, and rightly so. So, yeah, having a having a lovely place to 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 work and and being surrounded by nature's beauty within you know a stone's throw of the office, I think attracts uh, is attractive to a lot of people. Um, mm. Definitely has its advantages. Mm. You, you you got a relatively international team, haven't you? Yeah, like uh, I suppose for for a small group. We're incredibly diverse. Um, let me think. We've got um, got an Italian, a German, an Irish, Maltese, Greek, Swiss, and more. I'm probably forgetting, but yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's it's incredibly incredibly diverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so of course you know to get uh, uh, people with such interesting diverse backgrounds and such a range of range of skills. Yeah, you must be. Uh, presenting yourself in, in in the right way. Uh, aside from XT Stories, what else have you done in terms of employer brand? Well, my personal philosophy is, you know, marketing forms the cornerstone of any good employer brand as much as it does the other branding elements. Um, and so, if it's if it's done right, it can have a real impact on attracting talent and also talent retention. Um, so for us. Um, we focused on marketing content through a variety of ways, including XT stories, like you mentioned, but also through a lot of content that reinforces the overall company culture. So this could be documenting family fun days or highlighting things like diversity, inclusivity, and a better way of life. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take much to show someone that you care. And if you're aware of this and switch it on to it. Um, of the marketing department, you can capture these moments as they happen and something really genuine in that. And it really highlights the positive impact such a workplace can bring to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Well, look, you're obviously doing something right. You're attracting super talented people and, and, and turning out some really interesting work. So uh, the formula Thank you. Is, is working. And um, before we let you go, Jesse, we'd love to hear what your hunch is. Okay, so my hunch is around AI and the greater role it, it potentially has to play in the future of marketing. So from my understanding, it has potential to transform marketing uh, by enhancing efficiency and precision, but not as a direct replacement for workforce, but rather a tool for enhancing our own soft skills. So I think... If used right, it has the potential to allow marketers to gain insights into consumer behavior, help optimize targeting, automate repetitive tasks, and and that sort of thing is definitely one to watch and very soon will allow us to make better data-driven decisions. So as a a person with creative uh, DNA, as you told us earlier, you're seeing this 
as upside. You're seeing AI as something that's going to aid and abet, you know, even greater creative work from you and the team at Zerotech. Um, I think on the visually creative side, it's not going to compete for a while yet with the real people. But as a tool used in the background, I think it can help streamline the process. Good, good. So look, we'll, us people will still have a role. That's important to uh, Very. understand. And uh, yeah, if, if used right, this can supplement and, uh, well, augment and improve work. But actually, it's going to need uh, that creative human brain to uh, originate often. And it's also going to need the guardrails around it. And it's certainly going to need um, checks and balances. But it's great to hear that one of the B2B businesses that we see being right up there in terms of creativity is working with it and understanding how it can help uh, in the future. So, Jesse, thank you so much for being our guest on The Hunch. It's, we learned a little bit more about electrification and heavy vehicles. And certainly we understood uh, very quickly how you've managed to attract such, a, such an international all-star team to the beautiful uh, coastline of, of Galway. And as I mentioned, we're going to put a couple of those examples uh, in the comments so that people can immediately see uh, what we see, which is the zero tech really going a little bit further than a lot of B2B businesses in bringing creativity to the fore and telling some wonderful stories. So, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mark. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Follow me, Mark Schmid, or our company, Simmons & Schmid, on LinkedIn or Twitter for news of our next episode.